If you've got your Bible with you this morning, uh, go to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. The Lord is so good. Oh, he's in the house today. If you don't know what that means, it means he's in the house. <laughs> it just means his presence is, is, is to some degree in manifestation. Amen. That the, the anointing, that's the power of God. He's here. Why, why would the Lord do such a thing? Because he likes you. <laughs> and he, li- he likes me. And, and, and where the Lord is, the uh, Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty or freedom. Freedom. Free from what? All kinds of junk. Just right in this presence, even right now, you can get free from bondages. Things that hold you back. You can get free from sickness and disease. You can get free from anxiety and worry. You can get free from fear, from depression. You can get free right here. Say, why do you say that? Because the Lord is here. He is the free guy. (laughs) He is the freedom giver. And I'm telling you, look to him even right now. You can pray your own little prayer right there in your seat. Say, Lord, I'm looking to you right now for, for, for healing, for deliverance, for freedom in, in my life. Amen. And he's here to give it to you. Come on now. It's not about your works or how good you are. It's about how good he is and how powerful he is. And here we are. For what reason? I don't know about you, but I came for him more than you. I mean, you're a close second, but <laughs> I really came for the Lord. And you think you're going to come to meet with God and he's going to ignore you? You don't know him if you think that. You think, I'm going to come and lift my hands and sing to him and read his word and pay attention to what he has to say and get ignored? No chance. You've got the attention of heaven right now. You are here in this place. We are gathered together, united in one accord, and God's Spirit is here with us to do something special in your life. Oh, get ready to go, man. I tell you what, get ready to receive something from the Lord because He's a giver of every good gift. Glory to God. Well, amen. Jeremiah 29. Did we pray yet? Let's do that now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. We give you praise. You're a good God. And you're here in our midst. Thank you for speaking to hearts, for touching every life, for bringing us up, for being an increase, and for giving us direction and instruction that we need to fully walk in the perfect plan that you have for us. Your will and not our will be done. Lord, we we submit ourselves unto you today and thank you for doing a mighty work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, we began last week speaking to you about your future. All right, so we want to continue here today talking about your future. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Another translation says, plans to prosper and not harm you. Does the Lord have a good plan for you? I tell you, He does. What does that plan look like? It looks like peace looks like prosperity it's a it's one that brings you hope and not despair it's a glorious future this includes every single one of us here today God's plan for you is good and so let's step up and begin to believe it he went on to say in the next couple verses they're good too Uh, while we're here might as well read them Uh, verse 12 then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you 
and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Praise God. And so the Lord has a special, special plan for each and every one of us here today. Now, where you've come from and where you are doesn't have to determine where you're going. All right. A real deep statement I'm going to make next. Hold on. No matter where you have been, you're here now. Here you are. Here I am. And that's true for every single one of us. Whether we've had a great past, whether we've done a lot of things right and, and, and served the Lord and been uh, prosperous and peaceful all the days of our life, or whether we've just really made a mess of things, or whether we've made all kinds of bad decisions in life, it doesn't matter what the past has been, we're still here. We're here today, and what really matters is what we do from here. And, uh, you know, I, I've figured this out just with my lightning fast mind, <laughs> that if I don't know where to go or really where I'm at in a figurative sense, it would be a good idea to move slowly, okay? Sometimes people, they're just, they're real gung-ho and wanting to move fast and get things done and accomplish much, and that's a good attitude to have. But if you don't know where you're going, don't go quick, okay? Because how many know you move quick and you just get further and further away from where you maybe are supposed to be, all right? I know that in, uh, in, in aviation, pilots are told when you're lost, fly in a circle while you're trying to figure out where you're going. Because how many know if you don't, what, what happens? You could end up further and further away from where you're supposed to go. So don't quit flying. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> Just don't go real fast in a particular direction until you know where to go. All right. Likewise, in our lives, uh, many times what we need to do, we don't quit, we don't stop, we continue to serve the Lord, stay in His Word, stay in prayer, stay in church, be in a position where your GPS will work, right? And you can find out where I'm at and where I, where I need to go and get some direction for your life. But in the meantime, don't be quick to make commitments, and changes. If you're uncertain, you don't want to lock away the next year of your life and committing to some something, you know, that's going to tie you up if you're uncertain about what that is, all right? Until we know, go slow, because here we are. It's the first day of the rest of our lives, right? And where we go from here is uh, pretty much up to us, but a wise person, again, will find out what they're supposed to do before they begin heading in another direction. Now, to have a bright future, it's very important that we live by faith. Okay, faith is one of those required elements in the Christian life. And if you're ever going to get anywhere with the Lord, you've got to move and act and speak and do everything you do by faith. When it comes to our future now, now listen, here's what we're talking about. When it comes to our future, I've got to believe that God has a prosperous, a peaceful, a great future for me. That is faith. If I don't know what to do, I shouldn't start my communication with the Lord like this. Lord, I don't know what in the world's happening here. I don't know what in the world to do. I don't encourage you to begin like that. Start like this. Lord, I know that you're faithful. Lord, 
I know that you have a plan for me. I'm still on the earth. My heart's still beating. I've still, I'm still drawing breath. And I know you've got something good for me. You've got, according to your words, something that will prosper me and bring peace to my life. That's called faith when you start speaking like that. When you start magnifying what the Lord has said instead of your lack of knowledge or, or whatever dark place you're in. Come on, we're coming out, not staying in. The Lord is our shepherd. We don't camp in the valley of the shadow of death. But how I many know we go right on through? If you're in the valley, don't pitch a tent. All right? It's time. We've got to keep moving. And as the Lord leads us, he'll lead you right on out to the other side. And you'll have victory. Praise God. And that's the place we want to abide. And so we got to believe that God has good plans for us. Everybody listening to me now? Say, I'm going through it. And I don't, I'm not sure what the Lord's doing. Well, this is one thing you need to become clear on. Okay? If things are not going well, that's not God. That's not God in His mysterious ways. That's the devil in His blatant, blatantly obvious ways. Are you listening? The Lord's plans for you didn't change because things aren't working. His plans are still the same. And so let's get back on the path. Amen. Let's get back on track and stay on the road the Lord has for us. But it starts with believing that. Believing that God loves you. He has a special plan. He wants to do something good in your life. And then, of course, secondly, we've got to follow the specific leadings and, and, and things that he says to us. Follow the direction that the Lord gives you. Every little uh, uh, prompting that the Lord gives you helps to keep you on course. Okay, like driving down the road. You're constantly making adjustments. Constantly making adjustments just so you can stay on the road. And as we're sensitive to the Lord, you know, it's possible to be uh, conscious of the Lord's presence in your life at all times. You know, you can really train yourself to live aware of Him to where you could wake up in the middle of the night and it's like, wow. God's here. And He is. I mean, He said He'd never leave you. That means even while you're sleeping. And you can train yourself. A lot of this is what you give your thought time to. If you will, if you will purpose in your heart today to think about the Lord all the time. Do you know that's possible? Say, how? That's not really true. Listen, it absolutely is true. You can think about Him while watching the Super Bowl. I don't mean you're not paying attention to the, the game, but you're just, any time, in any given place, you could stop and say, just on the inside, you're just acknowledging, Lord, you're here with me. And your mind goes back to Him. You can be working full on, doing a great job on, in your profession and career, and yet any given moment, you could stop and say, mm, the Lord's here. And when you get time, you exercise yourself to that end. Say, thank you, Lord, for your presence in my life. Thank you that you're here. You have a great plan for me. You're leading me. I'm a good man. My steps are ordered of you. And you can just really exercise faith in God's leading. What that'll do, it'll make you more conscious of him. It'll also make you more aware of his heart towards earth. You know, you ever hear sometimes someone will give a testimony that they were, uh, they were just in a particular place and the Lord really dealt with them to go share the gospel with another person. And sometimes people think, well, you know, I don't ever get that. I don't ever get that where the Lord really leads me to share the gospel or gives me a, a special message for someone like that. Well, I really think a lot of that is, is not that he's not transmitting, but we're just not receiving. I think the Lord is talking to us about those kind of things a lot more than we're hearing those kind of things. And some of it is just 
the fact that we live so much in a, in a natural world and we give all of our attention to our natural issues and we don't give enough thought time to the Lord. We don't give enough attention to the things of God and therefore when the Lord's transmitting, we're on another station. Are you listening? And it, but it's possible to be very uh, involved in a lot of things in life and yet have your mind stayed upon the Lord and be able to recognize His leadings, His promptings, His little corrections. How many know sometimes that will keep you out of a ditch? Just knowing, turn, turn, turn. And, and here other times what will happen is it will bring you into divine connections with other people that God wants you to meet up with. Oh, yeah, and the, these divine connections provide opportunities, relationships, provision. Many things come that way, but it takes us paying attention to His voice. How many know God spoke to Abraham one day and was going to prove him, talk to him about uh, the sacrifice of his son Isaac? Remember back there in Genesis? And he was to do that, and, and of course, that was a pretty tough uh, uh, direction there but he was committed to doing what the Lord said he took his son up there and of course you know the story God stopped him because that wasn't what he wanted but Abraham proved himself and when God said stop what happened he looked up and there was a ram caught over in the thicket right and that ram uh, was the provision it was used then for the sacrifice and and he brought out the revelation that the Lord is Jehovah Jireh he is the one who provides for us but how many know God had to look into the future to make that happen he had to use his omniscience and look from up above and see that well there's a car coming here and there's a car coming here and uh, one of them better slow down or they're going to hit <laughs> or in this situation there's a man obeying me my, uh, my servant doing my will he's going here and I know he's going to make the right decision so I'm going to send a little ram over here and he's going to wander around the mountain, and he's going to wander through the thicket. And right about the time where I say, stop, Abraham's going to look up, and the ram's going to be right there in the right place where he looks up, and there it is, the provision of God. That's how the Lord works. But that's, this is why it's so important for us to pay attention. So we don't miss opportunities and divine appointments and leadings of the Lord, because when we're following him, you are going to run into some stuff. And I'm talking in a good way. You're going to avoid the accidents, and you're going to run into some provision, some protection, some divine appointments, some relationships that really uh, add to your life and add to other people's lives. And that's why it's important that, uh, that, we, that we're constantly listening to what the Lord said. We're not gullible. We judge everything, but we're listening to what the Lord says because it's key to our future. Our future is hinged upon us making right decisions. It really is. Now, don't get beat yourself up because we've all made wrong decisions. And I know this. I, I've at times looked back and thought, you know, if I'd only done this, if I only made this decision, if I wouldn't have done this stupid thing, how far, how much further could I be today? How much more could I be uh, walking in today that I'm not? And it's just the fact. I've made wrong choices and decisions in my life, and, and you have too. But I want you to know the Lord doesn't give up on you. Okay, and so there's no, no use beating ourselves up over the past and, and uh, uh, regretting all the things we didn't do or, or, or should have done, but we're here now, and every decision we make from here on out is very, very important to us walking in the fullness of God. Praise God. You know, it can be as easy as being here right now, and God wants to give you a word that will adjust your life so you won't miss out on something he has for you be ready for adjustments oh yeah be ready for words from god that'll shape your life 
getting ahead of myself. But go to Hebrews chapter 11. Praise the Lord. If we're walking consistently with the Lord, it will ensure that we won't miss opportunities and divine appointments. Consistency in your walk with God is one of the, one of the, some of the best counsel you can get. Just be faithful. Just be consistent. Don't be here and there and in and out and up and down. Be consistent and you will be in a place where God will get what he needs to get to you so your future will be right on, on track. Hebrews 11, remember we read this to you last week, verse 3, 11, 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And of course, we explained to you uh, before, we won't go into it in detail again, but this is not speaking about the creation of the world, but rather it is speaking about times and seasons. It's speaking about certain periods of time where a person, the whole chapter deals with this, men and women would hear a word from God and believe it. They would grab hold of that word and it would be a guiding force that would frame their time. It would frame the age in which they lived. And what that means is it would alter it. It would reshape it to conform to God's perfect will and plan. And that's how God gets what he wants to do accomplished in the earth. And that's how people experience the fullness of what he has to offer. They hear a word from heaven. And when someone can hear what God is saying, it will, if they'll stand on that and believe it, it will change their life. Okay, it will, and not only their life, it literally changes ages. It will literally change the time frame that you live in, and many lives are involved with that. This is interesting, though. I read this to you from the Amplified, I think, before. It says about that word framed, it says, you know, the worlds were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose. What does a word from God do for us? It will fashion and put in order and equip us for God's intended purpose. And, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, this phrase, put in order. That's a very scriptural uh, thought and concept. Do you know that God is an, a God of order? He is really not someone who has chaos around him. Uh, how many know heaven is not cluttered? Heaven is not chaotic. Where, you know, where the Lord's saying, ah, where's, where's that angel now? Where, where, you know, where's this and where's that? And, and where it's, these things are kind of chaotic. No, God is very orderly. And if I understand this, if I can get a word from God, it will put my life in order. If I'll, if I'll lock down on that and believe it and let it come to pass in my life. Uh, chaos can be very troublesome. Uh, maybe you've had some chaotic times in your life. Maybe you do today. Uh, we've all had situations where, you know, maybe you have a tool or something like that that you don't use very often, maybe once in a great while, and uh, when you need it, it can be chaos to try to find it. <laughs> You know, you use it one time, you throw it in the closet or throw it in a, in the, you guys have a junk drawer? <laughs> throw it in the junk drawer or in the garage or something and, and you're, little, you're buying little things here and there and, and then when you go back to, to use it again, you think, oh no, I know I have one of those. <laughs> I think it's over here and you go and look and you think, ah, I don't even want to look for it. So you go down to the store and buy a new one. Right, <laughs> because when th basically when things are out of order, 
it can really delay what you want to get done. It can really put a, put a delay in what's supposed to happen. And when there's order, though, it's just, oh, yeah, I got one of those right there, right there, right on time here. And, and, and oftentimes when uh, people have chaos in that area or many other things in their life, it really prohibits their future from being what God intended for it to be. But God wants to put us in order. He's an orderly God. I looked up that word order. It said a state in which everything is in its correct or appropriate place. Everything is in its correct or appropriate place. Does everything have a place in your life? How many know when it comes to the spiritual realities of our life, this becomes of utmost importance? Do you know a lot of times why people struggle in their lives is because they're not, uh, they don't have things in line spiritually. They don't have the proper order of their priorities and everything they do. They're kind of all gobbled up and jumbled up, and so it can't function like it's supposed to function. It's like, it's like our physical body. How many know everything needs to be in the right place, and if it's not, it really makes things difficult? You know, I was watching a news story recently, a guy who lost his thumb. And so they took his big toe and took the big toe off and put it right there. And uh, he had a thumb, he had a toe as his big thumb. And, and, and apparently there was toe jam in it. And even, I'm just kidding. <laughs> even though it was on his hand. Because <laughs> how many know toes are meant to be on your foot? And, and, and this, this guy just reasoned that, you know, he needed a thumb more than he needed a toe, and so they did that, and, and uh, it looked a little bit funny, but it kind of looked like a thumb. <laughs> and uh, I guess it worked for him, but how many know for the most part, thumbs need to be where they're supposed to be, toes, you know, if you get into larger, you know, if you lose an arm, you know, how many know you can't really put a leg there? It just really wouldn't work. So I really need my arm more than I need my leg. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not going to work, buddy. <laughs> when things are in order, you function. Things function right. When things are out of order, uh, there's chaos. It, it, things, it, you can't do what you're, you're intended to do, not for God's intended purpose for your life. And uh, I remember, uh, well, recently a, a relative of mine was telling me how they'd been going to a chiropractor to get... Uh, lined up, get their back and neck adjusted, and, and they'd been going for, for some time, and, you know, they do all their little straightening out, and, and it, you know, it wasn't having huge results as far as profiting them a whole lot, and they told me that someone else had told them about their special chiropractor, and uh, this was a different type of chiropractor. They were, um, this type, um, they dealt with, they, was it called upper cervical? Something like that. Uh, this type of chiropractor, and they had a, just a different philosophy about what they did. And as they were telling me about it, because they were they were saying they had, it, things were really good, and they had great success. And and what they explained to me, and maybe some of you know this a lot more than I did. I asked someone in the first service if they knew what that thing was called right under your head there, and they said that's your neck. And so <laughs> it didn't really help me. <laughs> I kind of knew that. Uh, but anyway, basically, they said, I went to this chiropractor, and their philosophy was different. If you had, like, a lower back pain, they wouldn't adjust your lower back. They wouldn't, you know, 
straighten out your legs and all that kind of jazz. And uh, they would only deal with this, whatever it is right here at the top. And they would basically put your head on straight. And all the, and anytime they'd go in, they'd check them out and make sure their head was on straight. And, and literally, because sometimes it was forward or backward or, or just not this very top thingamajigger up there wasn't correctly aligned. And what, the, what their philosophy was, and, and again, I'm not here to put my approval on any type of chiropractic practice, uh, but they had a lot of success with this. Uh, they said when that top is in line, everything else comes in line. And if they see something down your spine a little bit that was out of line, they wouldn't even adjust it, you know. And, uh, but they would just take care of the top. And they found that when that was in line, everything else over a period of time would line up and their, their lower back problems would come into line as well. And I thought, that's interesting. It's kind of cool. But here's what I was thinking. That works spiritually. Do you know that a lot of times people are working on problems in their life? They're working way down here at the base of their spine trying to fix, I got this problem down here. The place to start is right at the top. And if our relationship with God is where it's supposed to be, we're in line there. The rest of your life is going to come into order. Okay, and oftentimes the problems that people have, they get hit down low. They get hit in the middle of their back. It's to try to get them to focus there and get their attention off the top. And as people struggle to fix every little issue in their life, they get their focus off where it's supposed to be. They're going to be constantly fixing stuff instead of dealing with the root, dealing with the source that causes everything to come together. How many know that... uh, that we were created to have fellowship with God. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Before sin ever came into, into the human race, God just wanted someone. He created him and he enjoyed man. Man enjoyed God. They walked together. And I'm telling you today, that is still what God wants from us. We've been restored in relationship through the blood of Jesus. And God wants to have a relationship with you. And if we're just into, well, I am doing these things right... Well, fine, it's not about whether you're doing good or doing everything perfect. God's not mad at you. are judging you anyway, okay? We're free from sin in Christ, but if our relationship with God is not right from the top, other things are going to fall apart. Well, I'm doing this, this, and this right. Fine, that's good, but where's your personal walk with God? Are you listening to Him? Are you talking to Him? He wants to hear from you just as much as you want to hear from Him. He wants to hear your voice too. Oh, your voice sounds so good to him. You know it? When you wake up, he's so thrilled. There they are. They're awake. He wants to hear from you. And when we have that part of our lives going, get ready for other things to start clicking. Get ready for things to come in line. Because in that place, we can hear. In that place, we can be adjusted and stay on course and keep on with God's perfect plan for our lives put in order. Everything is in its correct and appropriate place. Chaos is complete disorder and confusion. God doesn't want you to be confused. He's always been interested in order. You know, you go back even to the very beginning. You know, Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says the earth was without form and void. Remember that? There was chaos on the earth. There was confusion. There was a, a void. And there's some 
people speculate to some degree. Anyway, it's not really clear, but many people believe that after God created the heavens and the earth in verse 1, that that's when the fall of Satan took place, and then that's what made the earth tohu and bohu, Hebrew words. And it, it, was, it was made chaos, confusion, and void. And then, but what happened? God came in to this place of confusion and, and void, and, and, and he came in and started speaking. Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. God came in and said, let there be. And he started speaking. And when, he, when his word came in, order came in. When his word came in, the dry land and the water separated and everything came into being the way he wanted it to be. We're not going to have our lives in God's perfect and best without hearing from him. And we know that starts with the simple word of God. The more of this I can get in me, the more order can come into my life and I'll start looking like God's intended purpose for me. And so... I know this, if you go on, you look a little bit later, Genesis chapter 11, you remember the people there, they had their own ideas. They had departed from what God wanted to do, and uh, they had their own plans. They were all of one language in those days, one race of people, and they all got together and said, let's build a tower, tower to the heavens. And and it wasn't what God wanted to do. He wanted them to spread out over the face of the earth. They said, no, we're going to come together. And God said, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to get this thing done. They're going to do exactly what they want to do. And so that's when the, way, the thing that stopped them, you know what it was? is confusion. <laughs> confusion stops the plans. That's, when, that's the beginning of races. That's the beginning of different languages. It's because people wouldn't do what God wanted them to do. Okay? And, uh, and he came in there, divided languages, and then they couldn't work with each other anymore. They had to spread out over the face of the earth. And, and, uh, but, but understand this, that God, it wasn't his intention, it wasn't his desire for people to be confused. It wasn't his desire for people to walk in, in darkness and not be able to have understanding. In fact, over in 1 Corinthians 14, the Bible says that God's not the author of confusion. He's not the one who, who brings darkness and, and confusion, but he, he brings peace to our lives. And, and if we were to look at our own selves in our own lives, what's the state of your home? Is it order or chaos? What's the state of your business? State of your finances? What's the state of the things that you have to do with? Are there, is there order there or is there chaos there? I, I think that oftentimes people are scattered on the outside because they're scattered on the inside. It's that very top and most important thing in their life is not really where they think it is. It, it's, out of, it's off track just a little bit. There's some chaos there, and therefore it is coming out in other areas of their lives. And uh, they might put on a good church face, hey, lift their hand the right height and, and give a good shout at the right time, but that doesn't mean everything's right. That's only something you can answer. That's only something I can answer. And I need to see if my life is in line with the Word because that is really where order comes from. And so uh, people are, again, are oftentimes scattered on the outside because, because of an internal condition. And, and people have chaos many times in their life because they simply lack a guiding word that brings them into the place that they need to be. They, 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 that they need to be. Truth, can be um, truth can be both liberating and constraining at the same time. Okay? It makes you free to live right and have order in your life. You know, when I, when I drive down the freeway and I want to go somewhere, I'm not really bugged by the fact that there's lines there. You know, the yellow lines, white ones sometimes. 
uh, sometimes people, whenever you talk about having order and saying, you need to have some rules, you need to have some, some guidelines in your life, you'll react like, well, I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I know, but free to do what? Yes, the truth will make us free, but free to get where we're wanting to go. Free to live our lives within God's perfect will and balance. How many know we are not supposed to separate uh, living by faith from doing God's will? They really go hand in hand. I'm not just going to pull out my Mark 11:23 and override God's will for my life. No, I'm supposed to use the principles of faith to do His will, to stay in His plan, to stay on the road. And, uh, and, and having rules in my life, I tell you what, a lot of people need rules, how to run their house and how to do some of these different areas. Not that they're imposed on them by God, that God is putting them under the Old Testament law. No, we're free in Christ, but just use your brain. It makes sense to live by certain self-imposed guidelines that, that we are going to say, this is how I'm going to live. Not a matter of, of righteous or unrighteous, a matter of smart, Okay. And, uh, and again, I, I don't feel like when I'm driving down the freeway, I'm in bondage. Do you? I can't believe they put that line there. <clears throat> Who do they think they are? Yes, this government, man, they're just, they're just binding me up. Listen, uh, some of you, I, I've been to other countries where there were no lines. Trust me, you want the lines. <laughs> some of those roads can be yikes. People are just driving all over the place, swerving in and out, and it can be very, very dangerous. And uh, it's fun for like a little while, but, <laughs> but after a while you think, you know, stay in your own lane, man. They don't even have their own lane. And <laughs> they got a horn. Well, you don't need a lane if you got a horn. <laughs> uh, but, but I really feel like, you know, if I jump on the freeway, I kind of like that line. And Why? Well, one, it helps me to stay where I'm supposed to be, and it helps other people to stay out of my way. If everybody follows the lines, things work. You know, even that little thing on the side, you know, that even helps sometimes, right? <laughs> you ever just swerve over there? Oh, let's get back over. And it just kind of barked at you, get back in your lane. <laughs> well, it might be annoying at, for a moment when you hear that sound, and, uh, but, you know, it's nice to stay on the road. Okay, and we don't. We shouldn't see these rules or guidelines as 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 bondage, but rather a freedom. I, I know the truth, and I'm free to do what God wants me to do. And the guidelines help me to stay in order in my life. And this is what the Word of God does for us, and especially a revealed word from God. When God speaks to you, He reveals something to your heart. It'll help keep you in order. What will that accomplish? You'll get to your destination. Your future will be what it's intended to be and not driving off in the, in the desert somewhere. Amen. Now, uh, God's Word will put our life in order. Some, some simple guiding principles, I think, that, will, that help people in their lives. Uh, when, you know, when it comes to home life. There's a scripture over in Joshua. You don't need to turn there for now. I guess we can be kind of buzzing through these scriptures today. But Joshua 24, 15. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What, what is that? That should be a, a, a word to us that helps us. Say, how am I going to conduct my house? What's going to be the overriding guiding word that directs the course of our home? Well, we're going to serve the Lord in this house. 
got the yellow lines drawn there. And in this place, we are going to serve God. That will help you make all kinds of decisions. It will help you keep order in your life. God comes first. You know, concerning children. These are just a couple examples. Um, you got to do your own study if you want the rest. Uh, children, you know, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, this is a good guiding principle for parents who are bringing up children. How should they do it? They should train them up in the way that they should go. doesn't say train them up in the way they want to go. The way they should go. How many know they don't always want to go the right way? But you know better. And so this is the guiding principle. No, you are going the way you're supposed to go. Not the way you feel like going. Not the way the neighbor kid's going. You're going the way you're supposed to go. And see, a parent can have that. That just one simple word there will answer a whole lot of questions. Should I let them do this? Is that the way they should go? Well, my kid doesn't really like... They, 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 they said they didn't really like the, uh, you know, the, the classes at church. So, what's the way they should go? Yeah. So my kid didn't really, my kid didn't really want to go to that, that youth camp. So the question is not whether they want to, it's whether they should. They'll work on the want to later. Hmm. We all need those kind of principles in our lives, but it's not about what we want to. Sometimes we do, we override the want to with the should. I'm supposed to. This is the right thing. It's in the yellow lines. So I'm just going to. And have enough maturity to make yourself. Some things you shouldn't do. There are some places you shouldn't go. Some things you shouldn't look at. Some things you shouldn't participate in. Who's going to keep you from doing it? As an adult, no one but you. Unless it's against the law. Someone else will help you. <laughs> but for the most part, you're going to do what you decide to do. The question is, what, isn't whether you want to or not, or whether it feels good or not. The question is, should you? Is it within the yellow lines that you've established for yourself? Say, so can't I? Will the Lord let me? The Lord will let you do anything you want to do. You have a free will. And that doesn't mean it's smart. Doesn't mean it's intelligent. Doesn't mean it'll help you. You might be, your head might be on crooked. And you might go there and, hey, giddy up, man, have a good time. But watch as the rest of your life comes out of alignment. All of a sudden, there's a pain over here and a pain over here, and it hurts to do this, and I can't sleep, and I can't lift anything up. And what's wrong? You're going to the wrong place, man. You started at the top. You messed that up, and everything else is falling apart. Amen. And so our future is not going to be any different from our past unless we implement new guiding principles. They must be based on the unquestionable foundation that can be carried out consistently. In other words, we base our lives on things that we're not questioning. We, we get solid as a rock principles, words from God. And then we can live that way consistently, regularly live by those principles, and you will get to where you're supposed to be. Your future will be exactly what God was thinking about when you woke up this morning. Ooh, bright. Ooh, prosperous. 
future, hope, peace. It's what God had in mind for you. But how am I going to get there? I'm going to do it His way. Okay? He wrote the map. And I got to follow the directions. I got to know which way I'm, which way I'm supposed to go if I want to end up there. But I, you cannot do that without knowing something. Now, I, I, I would readily admit that there have been times where I missed the boat in my life be, simply because I didn't know any better. I've got times when I did know better, and I stiffened my neck, and I said, I'm going to do it my own way. But there have, been a, 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 there have been other times where I just didn't know any better. I didn't know what to do, didn't know how to do different. And here's the deal. It still cost me. It's not like, well, I didn't know any better. Well, fine. Maybe your heart wasn't wrong in the matter, but it still costs us when we don't know. Ignorance isn't bliss. You're not better off not knowing. We're better off knowing and making the right decision. That's why I want to encourage you to pursue what God says. Make it a, make it a, a firm conviction in your life to find out what thus saith the Lord to you. Because one word from Him will totally alter and reshape your life, the time that you've been given on the earth, and it will be made for His intended purpose. And what's that? Again, peace and prosperity. It, it, it's a very joyful life, and it'll affect you, and it'll affect, it'll affect many other people around you. Understand that when you're really walking with the Lord and you're on the right path and you're, you're heading towards what He has in store for you, that God doesn't change His mind every other week. Okay? We know the Scriptures, multiple Scriptures that speak about how the Lord doesn't change. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. And when I see people who are constantly changing, just regularly, every other week they got drastic change in their life I'm kind of thinking that's not God he's not so confused there's not so much chaos in his mind uh, I want you to go here no 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 oh, I want you to go over here I want you to do this I want you to do this and he's always changing God is not really not like that he's more he's more long term than you than you think when someone says a day is as a thousand years a thousand years is a day you know, he has an ability to look long term. When he said a couple thousand years ago, I'll be back soon. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still, got every, he's still got all of us hanging on every word. He's coming back soon. <laughs> but you know his time frame can be a little bit different yeah. than, than, than our understanding. And, and he's not real quick to change. And if we're always thinking, oh, I got, I'm, I got to do something different. I got to find out what else God wants me to do. Maybe you just need to cruise for a while. Stay with, stay with what the Lord has you to do. If He wants you to do something different, fine. But that approach will really make a difference. I know when, uh, when we went to, uh, when I first went to Twin Falls, out of coming out of Bible school, and got involved with that church there and did youth ministry, uh, I didn't go in there with a the mindset that I'm here for a short period of time until I get to my next thing. And if you had asked me before, what do you believe God calls you, has called you to do? I would have said, you know, if I would have told you, I would have said uh, to pastor a church. I believe I'm supposed to pastor. But he didn't tell me to do that right then. What he did tell me to do was go there and assist in that church. 
And, but I didn't go in there say, saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just here biding my hand. I'm just here for a while because I know what God wants me to do. And so I'll serve here for a while and, until, until he tells me to go or t- something like that. I just went in there and when people would ask me, I'd say I'm here maybe the rest of my life. The Lord led me here. This is where I'm going to be. And what happened is after I was there for a few years and four years, five years, people started from the outside, other people in ministry, other people who work with youth, they'd say, wow, you've been there five years? Wow, you're breaking all the records. And then on on six, seven, eight, nine, it was almost 12 when when, when we uh, left. But people were like, Ugh. and I, you know, I'd, I'd speak at a different place. You know, I did some youth conferences in Seattle and some different places, and they'd announce he's been in the same position for X number of years, and it was such an astonishing fact. <laughs> Why? Because they would say, oh, the average is like nine months. Oh. You know, the average is people move so often in that type of ministry position, and that just wasn't my mindset. I, I didn't feel like, yeah, <laughs> ten years. <sighs> I'm just doing what the Lord told me to do. And my understanding of God is that He doesn't change His mind every two years. Are you listening? And I'm not casting judgment on anyone who, I'm sure it's possible for God to have someone in a place for two years and then have them leave. But for the most part, that's not normal. That's not the normal way that He, that he does things. He wants people just to be there. And, you know, I have red flags some, sometimes come up in my mind when people come to church here, and they tell me, oh, pastor, this is where God wants me to be, and I'm going to be here until the Lord tells me to go somewhere else. You know, and you might wonder, because, you know, technically that's not incorrect. We should all be subject to the Lord leading us anywhere at any time, but why did you bring that up already? Why, why are you telling me right from the get-go, I'm here until? Can't you just say, I'm here? <laughs> I believe the Lord wants me to be here? Great! Because you know what? It might be that the Lord doesn't want you to go somewhere else. If He does, obey Him. But if He wants you to stay here the rest of your life, that's more likely. Can I tell you? It's more likely that that is His will than to have you moving all the time. And especially not moving just all the time. I just don't see that in his character. But people go in with a mindset. And really sometimes they'll say it that way. Because they want you to know that it's the Lord leading them. When really it's their flesh. Really it's their immaturity. They can't lock down and commit. And they need, and they need something new. Woo, something to tingle them again. Something exciting and woo. Man, it, I tell you what, when you're walking in God's perfect plan and you're prospering, you got peace in your heart, you got good relationships, does it get any better than that? Do you need a new bandwagon to jump on? Do you need a new train to stay in the will of God? And if He does deal with you, good, good, go with that, man. It's going to be great. It's gonna be, you're going to be blessed. Other people will be blessed. But if He don't, don't be led around by your flesh. There's too much of that going on. Okay, and then we want to, we under, want to under, don't want, uh, we uh, don't understand why things aren't working. I just need prayer. No, you don't. You just need to obey God. Just pray for me. Things aren't working out. Well, have you gotten off the freeway? You know, you're supposed to be on in between the yellow lines still. Amen. 
Proverbs 24, 21. It says, My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate with those given to change. Do not associate with those given to change. Does God ever want you to change? Maybe, yeah. Probably wants you to change some things at some time, but given to change? He said, don't even hang around those folks. Why? Obviously, it'll wear off on you. And if the Lord doesn't change, only changing I'm doing is growing. Changing My mind is being changed by the renewing of my mind. But as far as, uh, you know, I'm not wondering every day, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Do you want me to do something else? In fact, I'm not even tempted if... You know, if someone come up to me and say, you know what, I want to offer you this job, we'll pay you a million dollars a year, and uh, give you all these perks and benefits, I'm not tempted by that. I'd like the million dollars, but I'm not tempted because of this fact. I know what the Lord has said to me, and that is, that has reshaped my life. And unless He really does speak to me, and I know that clear... I'm not even asking. Are you listening? I'm not praying, Lord, you want me to do something different if I have a hard day? You know, if there's a, a really bad church member, you know, that makes my life difficult. <laughs> or if I have to preach and no one's really pulling and I'm just working. <sighs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, you don't. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm not praying, Lord, you want me to do something different? Why? Because I've already got a guiding word. If he wants me to do something different, I'm talking to him every day. He can bring it up. But if, if something is difficult, that's not the same as hearing from God. I mean, no, people substitute all kinds of things for the voice of the Lord. Something's hard, they're mad at someone, they're, you know, this, financial struggle here. And all these things become guiding forces in their life. And they're, you know, like the... Ping pong, ching, 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 and they bump into, ooh, that's a big bill there, boing, and they bounce over here to someone, you know, looks at them crooked, boing, and they, they bounce over here, and they got a little struggle, and I'm feeling dissatisfied, boing, and all these things are guiding their lives, they're bouncing around through life, and none of that is God, that's just called life on planet earth. It's called we live in a fallen world and there's going to be some boings. There's going to be some bouncing around. Don't let that lead you. Okay? We're going to be led by the Word. What God said in His written Word and what He talks, talks to us about. You know, He's got that still small voice. There's, a, there's an inward witness. There's a knowing on the inside. There's visions and dreams and angels. And the Lord speaks to people in a in, in, in number of different ways. And... Uh, but he's faithful to get it to you if you're paying attention. If you're listening to him, he'll get it to you. You'll know exactly what to do. And you won't be bouncing around unstable and unsteady in all your ways. But you'll be faithfully walking with him. There'll be course adjustments at time, at times. In fact, quite a bit. Little ones. And, uh, and if you stay on track, there doesn't even have to be any big ones. Amen. And we'll get to where we're supposed to go. Hey. Oh, the Lord has a bright future for us. Oh, the Lord has good things for you. I want to convince you of that. Can I convince you? I'll twist your arm if I need to. He's got good things for you. I'll ram it down your throat until you believe it. Because it's key to you following and walking with Him. You've got to know that He loves you. He's got great things in store for you. And that, as the foundation, you'll start looking to Him. 
Come on, if you blow it and mess up, don't run away. Run too. Don't get further away. Get closer to him. He'll wrap his arms around you, wash everything away, make it white as snow. <laughs> Amen. Clean it up. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for, for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Lord, we believe that you've got a special plan for us, a bright and glorious future. The days ahead are looking better. They are looking up. And Lord, we believe that you are at work, even now, bringing adjustment, bringing change, bringing, bringing increase. Lord, we trust you today. We refuse to worry or fear, to fret about what we haven't seen yet. <laughs> but Lord, you're faithful to us. When we call you here, and when you call we here, I thank you for that dialogue that we have together. And every person has access to know your heart, to know your will, to know what your perfect and best plan is for their lives. Lord, we look to you now, and I thank you for touching hearts and lives. Lord, leading us up, leading us out into the place that you have for us. We're designed there. We fit in that place. But help there to come, I pray, divine order to everything we do. May our priorities be your priorities. And it let everything else fall in line. For this we thank you. We give you praise. You're a good God. You're faithful, Lord. Lord, we honor you. You are holy to us. Lord, we put your ways high above our ways. And say that your word is true. For this, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, deal with each one now, I pray, in areas of their life that I, don't, I can't articulate, I don't know enough about. Lord, help people to be grounded in what they're supposed to do or to make adjustments to get back on track if they're not. Lord, you have a way of dealing with someone from the inside, and I pray that you do that now. Touch every heart and every life. Father, I pray for those today who've never been born again. They're not saved. They're not on their on their way to heaven.